This is an ABC podcast. People now need to find work and the only way we can do that is to leave our island and cast our net wider. I did not really think and know that it was going to be this hard. But then as time goes on, I was uh, able to cope and to adapt and adopt the responsibilities that I had to take in with me, with him not being around with us. The money that I'm earning in Australia is helping me full in my home. My family is a building a piece of land big and a build house for me. The hardest part about being apart is that when you're going through something separately in your independent lives, you're not able to comfort them or be there for them and just give them a hug or say, it's okay, it's going to be okay, you're going to get through it. You're struggling to make ends meet, so your partner heads overseas. It's a great opportunity for both of you. Your family has the money to afford a decent education for your kids. You can finally build on your plot of land and your partner can experience an overseas adventure. But what cost does this come at? What impact does that have on you, even your kids, if your partner is away for long periods of time? I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about the ins and outs of having an absent partner. Right now, there are about 54,000 Pacific Islanders working overseas, and that's only those who are in Australia and New Zealand. We are all over the world, working in all sorts of industry, mining, agriculture, aged care, and at Meatworks. You might be listening to ABC Radio Australia right now and thinking, hey, that's me, or that's my partner. You might be in the Pacific and your partner is overseas working, or like Zara Chulai, you might be the one who's overseas. I'm Zara, I'm from Port Moresby in PNG, but I live in Australia, and my partner is Biffy. He lives in PNG. Zara and Biffy have been living apart for about 18 months. The reason why I'm still here is because I'm studying in anthropology and I help mum out with my little sister. So while mum travels back and forth, I'm looking after the house and the family. And Biffy's got a family on his end. The last time Biffy and I saw each other was late 2019, early 2020, just before the borders shut. We just brought our daughter back to meet her siblings and some of our relatives. We definitely didn't think that it would be this long between seeing each other. We assumed that we'd see each other in a couple of months. We had organised for Biffy to return to Oz in March, but just before the borders shut down, we decided that we didn't want to take the chance of him getting locked out of PNG in case something happened because he needed to be back in PNG to control the movements of the household in case COVID hit PNG. Zara and Biffy have a two-year-old daughter, which has thrown up additional challenges for them as a family. It's been quite hard. The first six months he was around in her life, but then when everything shut down, he hasn't been able to see her. So we communicate through video calls and they talk to each other or try to talk to each other, or she'll just stare at the phone when she was younger. But now she's starting to be able to communicate back. And I think that makes it even harder for him. He's missed her first birthday. All her milestones, crawling and walking, she's just started to walk. And it was a bit sad because it's like, 
yeah, you have these milestones that you reach with your kid, but there's also it's bittersweet because your partner's not able to be there in person to go through it with you. Zara is able to look on the bright side too. Benefits of living apart are that we can do nothing but talk. So we've gotten to know each other in a deeper way than being in person where you get distracted by, oh, I'm so attracted to him or what am I wearing? Does my breath smell okay? Or is my hair all right? We're not distracted by all of those little things. And so we're able to connect with each other on a deeper level than you would be able to if you were in person. The hardest part about being apart is that when you're going through something separately in your independent lives, you're not able to comfort them or be there for them and just give them a hug or say, it's okay, it's going to be okay, you're going to get through it. When it comes to Zara and Biffy's conversations, well... We just talk about the daily things, what's happening on his side, what's he doing, what am I doing. Yeah, it becomes repetitive. Zara and Biffy speak all the time, multiple times a day. The thing is, as you heard... The conversation has become a bit, well, stale. So Zara has agreed to try something. I've given her a list of activities to do with Biffy, designed to bring some color and closeness to the long-distance relationships, like making a playlist, watching a movie together, and taking a quiz. My expectation would probably be that it would help us connect more as a couple because we're so used to doing all the daily grind and all that it's just a different version of spending quality time together. So like couples in person, they have eight nights. I mean, this will be the activities, I think. We'll, it's a different version of it, but also be able to refocus on our relationship to each other, especially after having a kid and in this setting. So I think it will be good. You're going to be able to keep track of how Zara goes with the activities. She's keeping an audio diary. <laughs> it's day one of the activities on the list. Uh, Biffy and I made a long-distance music playlist together. We definitely agreed that Bob Marley had to be on it because we're big fans. And I discovered that he likes Michael Bolton, and he realized that I like Sons of Zion, which we didn't know about each other in the first place. Um, Absolutely recommend this. It was lots of fun, lots of laughs, and lots of teasing. So it was a trip down memory lane, so it was really good to do that activity. You'll go back to Zara and her audio diaries throughout Sisters Let's Talk today. There's so many reasons why your family might be living apart. But the Sister Networker program's probably one of the biggest reasons. It can mean your partner is away for months and even years. The world has shrunk. A lot more men and women are, are leaving to travel for work. And uh, it's, it's a different uh, lifestyle. People now need to find work. And the only way we can do that is to leave our island and cast our net wider, so to speak. So we travel to Australia, New Zealand and, and the States. That's Offos One. She's a community health psychologist in Suva, Fiji. And she's writing a PhD on relationships in the Pacific. She told Sisters producer Amanda Donaghy that while there are many challenges to living apart, there are also many great things about it. I think we need to look at this positively. If you're going away to earn a living, there's a, a purpose to this. It's not for any other reason than to help the family or help each other. We have to put words or use words that are positive or hopeful rather than say, you know, now we're separating, it's not a good thing. Let's 
flip it or, or spin it or turn it around, use whatever word you want. But I always like to look at these things from a positive perspective. Mm, I think that's a great idea. What, what impact, though, does it actually have on a relationship? Depending on the type of relationships you have, at what stage of its development, it can, it can have all kinds of repercussions. If you are not careful, there are things like stress, anxiety, loneliness, negativity, depression, insecurity, uncertainty. These can all come into play, especially if your relationship is not emotionally healthy and functional. So would you say that it would suit some types of people over others? Not necessarily, no. Again, it goes back to the purpose of why you are going away. The reason why you are leaving your loved ones behind to go and work in another place, to go to school in another place. And these are the reasons that you have to factor in when you're talking about separation and how long is it going to be for. Mm. And if it's going to be for a short period of time, excellent. Count the days when they return not the days that you're apart. Too often we lament the separation. But you know, sometimes it's quite healthy for couples to to live separately because then you, you can be independent again and then you can be yourself again, do things that you want to do. Even though you have your partner or your spouse that doesn't live with you, you become an individual again. And that's a healthy thing. Yeah, absolutely. So what about when there are children involved? What impact does it have on children? Children must also be involved in your decision making when you decide to leave. They must be well informed in the reasons behind it so they don't feel abandoned and isolated. And unfortunately, I'm not sure about you, Amanda, but Growing up in Fiji, there was always a lot of poor modeling about why people leave. The the models that I grew up with was always hard work and had trust issues and infidelities and all kinds of negativity attached to it. And no one ever really thought, it wasn't until I was a lot older that I realized my father was always away because he had to earn money so that he could put food on the table and help us go to school and get a better education. And these are things that we were never told. It was just that, oh, he's gone again. <laughs> mm, so communication is very important. There's, totally. been, there's been lots of studies about FIFO workers um, globally. What, how, how is it different in the Pacific, do you think? Uh, in the Pacific, I think it's because we live here, we have families, we, you know, we are a communal setting, we have uh, people to rely on. In an individual society, it's different, but we sort of like, okay, they're going away to work, that's fine, wait for them to come back, as long as they honour their commitment while they're away, things like that. Mm, And so how important would communication be when a partner is absent? It is important, depending again, being authentic and genuine in your relationship with the other. Because if you can establish that trust and that commitment, And have a plan that sets the foundation for a healthy relationship moving forward. But if you don't have those ingredients or those elements, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. Some people might actually enjoy having an absent partner. Would you say that this says something about their relationship, that perhaps they shouldn't be in a relationship? Not necessarily. 
I think, you know, sometimes we tend to forget because we live with each other all the time that we should become more like each other. No, I think you should always maintain and retain your independence because it gives you a sense of fulfillment and you share with your partner or your spouse. And if you enjoy yourself, I can tell you, you get to my age, love, you want to have a break and enjoy that moment of being on your own again. It's good fun, but knowing that you have somebody that you trust and you love and you're committed to, nothing wrong with that. If you have a village helping to bring up your children, how prepared should the absent partner be in not having a close relationship? Okay, it depends if you you have an arrangement. You've got to have an arrangement if you've got a village bringing up your children and you have a commitment, okay? And we talk about remittances, sending money home to meet the obligation in a village. I don't see any issues until... From my perspective, I, I look at what's happening with us. As long as you honor your commitment and your obligation so that we can bring up your child, that's fine. I think when it falls down is when there, there are breaks or gaps in this commitment. What great advice from Office One, who's a community health psychologist in Fiji and doing a PhD on relationships. Let's check back in with Zara. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. Hey, it's Sarah. It's day two. Uh, Biffy and I did a questionnaire, which was really insightful because it helped us to recenter our relationship and it prompted questions that we may not have thought to ask each other beforehand. And so I got to find out a bit, little bit more about how his parents' marriage worked and how that shaped his views on what he wanted in a marriage long term. And he got to find out about my point of view in a karma setting when it came to difficulties in our relationship. And so a lot more conversation came out of that activity because we were able to put a refresh on everything. So it was really good. I definitely recommend this to any couple that's been together for a while. So far, so good on Zara's long-distance activities. It's not just seasonal workers from the Pacific who are working away from home, but lots of athletes from the Pacific also have to go abroad for their jobs. It's breathtaking watching him play there in Australia. It, it's a dream come true, not only for him, but for us, for me, especially as, as his wife. It's amazing. I am deeply proud of him. That's Andy Wasamatha Vakandrano. A husband, Tomasi, has been drafted with the Fiji Silk Tales to play in the NRL. And it's very exciting. But it also means he's living away from Andy and their daughter for five months while they stay in Fiji. When you have a little baby, that can seem like an eternity. So what's it like for you, Andy? Him being away from us physically as a husband and a dad, is uh, it's very challenging for him not being here with us physically. I feel struggle sometimes, you know, because I have to do everything on my own. With him being here with us physically, we could share the jobs and the tasks uh, like that. I did not really think and uh, know that it was going to be this hard. But then as time goes on, I was uh, able to cope and to adapt and adopt the responsibilities that I had to um, take in with me, with him not being around with us. And that was a very huge impact for me. So what do you think you've learned about yourself in the last five months? I I learned a lot of things. First, you know, it's not very hard for you to do things on your own. It takes time. But, you know, when you get there, you can do it. 
nothing is very hard if you put your heart into it. How do you communicate with Tomasi? We communicate through um, social media or sometimes he calls us over the phone. We communicate every day, every time or in his free moments or free times, he calls us. We video call, we message each other and yeah, phone calls and whatnot. So what do you do when you have arguments with Tomasi? How do you manage that? Every time when we have um, an argument or a disagreement, we try to talk about it with each other, clear the differences, and um, we build each other up. We help each other instead of tearing each other down. Every time when we have an argument, we try to communicate and get to the point of each. And that's just how we do it. We're going to see our, I mean, my husband back in uh, October. I would definitely throw a big, big party, welcome back party for him. And do you really miss him? Did you make a pros and cons list together before he went away? Yeah, we did um, talk about it at first because it was not easy for him, for me to let him go, especially um, having our little one coming along. We had a brief talk about it. And yeah, we came to the same mind and it was a great opportunity for him to go. Just trust each other. Communication is the key. And as long as you put God in the center of it all, it's going to be worth it. It's going to work out perfectly. Andy was a mother. Wakanranu has some great tips there. It's been hard being in Fiji with a small child while her husband's in Australia. But as she says, she's actually been able to cope. It's day three. We did the bucket list. So this one was really fun because we got to daydream about the future, things that we wanted to do as a couple, but also individually. Like before, I didn't know that Biffy wanted to visit where Elvis lives in in Graceland. So that was really surprising for me. And Biffy realized that the whole reason why I've been saying that I want to go to Singapore and eat was just because of a book that I'd read. And he thought that was pretty ridiculous. But (laughs) it was pretty fun to do that because it was just, yeah, really fun. Um... Yeah, I'd recommend doing this one because it's talking about the future. Just making fun of it. It's day four. We didn't do an activity today because it was our daughter's second birthday. And it was hard because milestones like this are a bit difficult, a bit emotional because you're not able to share it with each other physically. So it was harder to get through today than it was other days because even though the child was happy... We were kind of down in the dumps a little bit. So we decided not to do an activity today, but just focus on our child and what she needed for the day. On Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, there are lots of women who have left their homes and their families to go overseas for work. In 2012, 30 new Vanuatu women participated in Australia's seasonal worker program and New Zealand's recognized seasonal employer scheme. This was 11% of the total number of workers to leave the country. By 2019 to 2020, that number has increased to around 2,000 women, 20% of the labor force. Interestingly, 18% of team leaders in these programs are women. One of those team leaders is Jenny Max. 
She's picking raspberries at a farm in Queensland. And as the Epson partner, she's really enjoying life. I asked Jenny what some of the benefits were of leaving Vanuatu to work on a farm in Australia. The benefit is uh, like, I don't know the, the, the others, but it's me. The benefit is like, I like to come to Australia for working to earn money because I stay back in Vanuatu. I don't have any job to do. What are some of the challenges that you face uh, working away from home, apart from missing your family and so forth? Uh, I'm a team leader for the uh, the look looking after the people facing challenges. No matter I come here, the coffee makes me like I stay back. I face some challenges, but I still I still here. I'm I safe. I'm still here, and I keep my groups my groups that I'm I'm the part of the leadership. I'm looking after them all day, all stay good, and then it's me too. I'm uh, I'm good. With your family, how often do you speak with your son and your husband? My son, my husband, I speak to them every day. Every day I speak with them. And my daddy, my mommy, I always speak to them every day. And what do you speak about? Is it just, you know, catching up with your son and how, how he's doing at school? Or what do you talk about? Yeah, I'm just talking about them. How they are you two doing there? They all could. I'm just, checking, I'm just talking to them every day for checking two of them. They all well, everything is fine. And my dad, my mommy and my family, everything all good down there in Vanuatu. And when will you see them again? Maybe next year, next year, going back to, to them, going back home. And so it seems like a, a big sacrifice to leave your family and come to Australia and work. Do you think it's worth it um, with all the sacrifices because you are earning good money to look after your family? Yes, the money that I'm in in Australia is helping me full in my home. My family is a building a piece of land big and a built house for me. Okay. Is that a permanent house? Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's another question I wanted to ask. I don't know if you're aware or not, but there were some seasonal workers who did some fundraising to help Villa Hospital. Are you part of that? Yeah, Villa Hospital. Yeah. I'm helping the kids that in the... They are not well. They stay in the class. I spoke to one, everyone. I I told them everyone to come together. So I spoke to them and then I just told them. So they all, all agree with me. And then we all put the money together and then we help just send directly. I'm so impressed to see Jenny Max and the Nivanotu Fruit Picker community contributing part of their earnings to the hospital back home. That's one of the positives of working her way. Being a part is not always easy, though. This is Sisters Let's Talk with Hilda Wayne. So it's day five. Biffy and I chose to have a deep talk and we set aside a specific time and just put everything out on the table and what we've been feeling lately, what's been going on in our personal lives and how it's affected, how we've interacted with each other lately. And so there's been a few ups and downs in the relationship. And so the activities have helped us to be able to refocus on each other. And so this talk was about reevaluating our relationship and are our goals still the same? Is the end goal still the same? How are we going to get to those goals? What do we need to do to get there? Day six. Biffy and I tried to watch a movie together, but that didn't work out because we took so long to figure out what movie to watch because we both have really different taste in movies. He's got really poor taste in movies, in my opinion. 
And in his opinion, I have really poor taste in movies because he likes the action movies and apparently I like movies that talk too much. <laughs> and so we ended up choosing The Purge and then I fell asleep within like 10 minutes. <laughs> Zara, that was a tough activity. Finding a common movie is impossible even when you're in the same room. Zara, how did you enjoy this challenge? The highlight for me was probably getting to know each other again in different ways. It was um, when we did the question questionnaire, there was questions that he asked me that I didn't think he would be thinking about, if that makes sense. So he was asking me questions that had more to do with security in the relationship, and I didn't think he actually thought about those things. He was more concerned with how I felt secure in the relationship when it came to his relatives and his friends, little things like that, or questions that he asked me about what was the biggest thing I've learned from my mom and finding out about his relationship with his parents and how that shaped his views on marriage. And so that was really interesting for me. So out of all the activities that you did, which one worked the best? Um, definitely the questionnaire because it had 100 questions to ask your significant other on date night and things like that. What came from that is a lot more conversation. And so we decided to get an e-book. There's an e-book with a thousand questions. And so we decided to do five questions a day or two questions a day, depending on the time time that we had and continue on that. So do you recommend couples try any of these activities for better long distance communication? Yes, definitely recommend that these activities are tried because they put a ref- they did put a refresher on our relationship and we were able to find out things about each other that we didn't know before and then and restarted a lot of conversations that we had put a refresher on the conversations and then started new ones. And so that was really good. It gave us the space and the time to be able to reconnect as a couple rather than just two people talking to each other. There's one more diary entry I want to play for you, and it's from the activity where Zara and Biffy had to plan out their reunion. Day seven. We have planned our reunion. So if we're in PNG when we reunite, if the borders ever open, um, we'd probably just get a hotel room for the weekend, first night, just spend some quality time together. And then the next day, just literally sleep and eat and do nothing at all all day. Like, because even though we're doing nothing, we're still just together and doing it. Oh, that's really sweet. And a perfect way to end with a reunion. It's something to look forward to. It's something to and know that, you know, after all this time waiting that, there's something that you're going to enjoy at the end. So I definitely recommend that. I'm pretty sure a lot of people do this as well, planning the reunion. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. What stands out in this discussion is how important people value family and their family's quality of life. Thus, the decisions to leave home in pursuit of that. As technology becomes more advanced, families can stay connected, even if it's not physically. Zara Chulai and her family are a great example of how to make the most of it. 
But it's not just about helping your family. Jenny Max and 18 other seasonal workers on one farm in Australia sent money back to Vanuatu to support their hospital. It's about developing their community too. Thank you so much for joining me. Hilda Wayne for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia a weekly show where women come together to talk about the issues that are important to us. Do you have a topic you'd like us to cover on our next show? I'd love to hear from you too. Send me a message at the ABC Radio Australia Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, you're about to hear an alarming statistic. About three quarters of women and girls in the Pacific have experienced violence of some sort. Why is this so high? When this first started, no one wanted to talk about it. Violence against women was not uh, a human rights issue. It was not a development issue. It was just something that was happening to women. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is presented by me, Hilda Wayne. It's produced by Amanda Donaghy. Our supervising producer is India Skunsna. And our executive producer is Justine Kelly. And our commissioning editor is Ilaria Walker. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production. And that's all. Nabungum you next time.